Assalamualaikum everybody. Wow. Hello, how you all doing? If you've been listening to my other two episodes, thank you very much. You're not obliged to, to be honest. I think I'm also kind of treating this podcast as my personal blog, sort of, because I used to have a blog and I would blog away my thoughts and feelings at the time so i kind of find this is something similar that i can do it's like an online diary but then again there are some people listening to it so i'm not sure if i'm gonna pour my heart out for people to listen because i've always been that person since the use of social media i've transcend from someone who always type what she feels and uh, especially when she wants to get some things across to now being as if I think I'm trying to handle social media maturely and not letting people know so much about my life not to say not nothing at all what you see is basically what it is but I keep telling my friends who are listening in my insta stories just because what you see too is literally not even 50% of what is really going on in real life in my case I would say you would not know what's really going on inside my head or my feelings at the time there are some days to be honest I don't feel so quite myself and I know it's very very hard because I've got this front like Instagram especially that they think I am always happy that and I try to be that if let's say it benefits other people not to you know fake it to make people be more jealous because for me right despite I buat apa pun there's always you know haters are always going to hate and I'm not just talking to me to any one of you as well okay so people can just read you how they want to read you they want to feel happy for you they feel it even though you do something not out of in the intention to show off ke but if they just don't have that good opinion of you whatever you do is still not going to be something positive to them so i've i'm done sort of trying to prove myself that and try to macam terlampau as i said lah in previously I'm the type yang macam akan kisah what people say. In a sense, I don't want to appear too um, you know, arrogant or what. But, you know, I'm human. Sometimes I can't, I can't, you know, I can't, uh, I forget that I'm doing that even. So, yeah. So, I probably this time I just wanted to share uh, something yang I want to keep in my podcast ni as a reminder if I ever, if I ever forget about it and that is how i change there's a lot of changes in my life everybody's doing the whole hashtag 10 years challenge okay i'm gonna upload mine soon <laughs> waiting for the right picture for 2019 to do it uh, i think i got one in 2009 anyway so there's a lot of changes in terms of my growth obviously in a lot of people in my case i would say uh, the very obvious thing would be be that um, before I was someone yang yang pretty obvious I tak pakai tudung because in Malaysia kalau tak pakai tudung tu is equate to I mean not wearing a hijab is equate to not being religious <laughs> okay um, and not to say that I'm wearing the hijab now um, is that I'm religious but in terms of knowledge uh, and the actions spiritual actions definitely at the improvement but I wouldn't say I'm 
exactly you can put me on a pedestal that I'm totally changed. That one only me and definitely God knows better and to decide. But one of probably the reason of change that started, I think it's always been there because I am someone I'm brought up in a family that we're not really with have a strong religious background but we're very moderate very moderate to the sense yang macam okay back then my mom pun wasn't wearing the hijab and um all of us I'm the eldest so obviously I didn't wear and I was brought up as in overseas I was in Scotland so of course we met we were mingling with western kids but that doesn't do anything in terms of faith it's just i was different i was a muslim that at that age when you're in primary kids are also quite curious because there was no other muslims in the class so one thing beautiful about children punya age ni when they don't know something their punya approach is not that of being negative unless they were taught of that at home meaning someone's different je we need to bully and bash them because they're not the same but somehow i didn't feel that kind of uh, treatment when i was in my primary school in scotland so i in fact i really enjoyed it you know they kind of have this approach on being different to so welcoming i would say you know they didn't judge me for my color for my race you know so i was really accepted and they really liked being with me and just as much as i really really loved and enjoyed being with them so for me right scotland people <laughs> has is people that i really love on earth <laughs> they are really cool people that just seem to mind their own business about the world and not really outright that I know that are racist or giving trouble. Not that I know until now. And, and they're really lovely people, to be honest. They really are. So, when I have that kind of attitude, like, um, you know, behavior that I develop, we're very, orang kata, so-called, maksale, like, Western. When I came over to Malaysia, it took some time adjusting. So, I did face some periods of time to be honest until now believe it or not to be honest and i'm not saying i'm sure i'm not the only one there are some malay people right here that develop this kind of western culture and uh, but they manage to be around the same type of people well in my case i'm not not so much and i don't intend to segregate myself to just mix with those who are western type and sort of not mix with those who are not because for me um this is my country i can make friends with whoever i want obviously but it's just a choice of whether being accepted or not so when i came back of course the one of the challenges i faced was of how i behave the way i talk and apparently it's a big deal that when you start speaking in english you know they would say that oh speaking and then you are automatically not liked for speaking in english when you have a malay face sadly <laughs> so they equate that as being showing off even though i can't remember like bluntly showing off like i'm better than the people it's just that i happen to speak english well than most so i wasn't really accepted so much in amongst my malay friends there some of them probably have to become my friends because they sit next to me <laughs> but alhamdulillah they turned out to be a nice people in the end uh but the ones that really welcomed me when i came back were those who were non-muslims 
uh, majority was Chinese because my school to Perempuan Budu were mostly Chinese majority. Uh, so, yeah, they were like, they find me different and they know that oh, you're different Malay, you talk very good English. So, basically, we end up, have, I have had, I have close Chinese friends who are still with me until today from different backgrounds, either high school or university and this the same pattern as well developed in uni that's why i think i'm most comfortable where i was uh where allah put me meaning i wasn't in a malay uh, not to say malay but i was in the government government unis where i know mostly that's where majority malays are and uh i was in a private uni and that's where majority of the non-malays were and alhamdulillah i managed to enjoy myself there as well um, I had good friends who are close friends until now, to be honest. And not to say that I don't like Malays. Please don't get me wrong there. It's just that growing up, in my experience, I had a bit of a trouble there in in a sense. Okay? But not to say trouble at all because guess what? One of the key people that actually accepted me and that made a difference in my life are Malays. Alright? So that's the catch. <laughs> 22. <laughs> said I used the term right so basically I would say those who accepted me who are Malays are really really open people and they don't have to be western in terms of behavior some of them are but the ones who surprisingly accepted me for what who I was back then because you want to imagine roughly who I was what I'm like okay obviously tak pakai tudung and then when I Pakai tudung pun, it wasn't really proper. When I wear the hijab, it wasn't really proper because I had the hijab on, but my clothes were still up to my shoulders. Uh, it was shoulders. Oh my god, that's too sexy. I mean, meaning my clothes sleeve lengths were still at most were up to my elbows, and I had this, you know, the top were, weren't really covering my bottom. They were like at my waist, and I would wear this. <laughs> tight hugging pants oh you get the drill you can imagine <laughs> so i wasn't really that was back then i was obviously i didn't know the whole meaning of a proper hijab was so if at all i wore that during uni it was because i thought you know what i should blend in by wearing the hijab and then i thought i was making a fashion statement like hello we're i'm wearing hijab and look i can still look hot and fashionable <laughs> which obviously people with prop strong religious beliefs will feel like this is a mockery and what is going on but that doesn't appear so for those who are obviously non-muslim they feel like wow this is new <laughs> or something so i got i kind of blend in but it wasn't until i realized okay i can't wear the hijab like this you know just because i'm going to class and stuff and outside i ended up taking it off in eventually so i took it back off so the hijab journey was like on off and then after that when i'm off it i was i thought i was comfortable being able to wear what it is i feel like wearing and there still some of my friends who are still there for me and still love me for who i am and i just want to give a shout out to them especially you know, she commented a few weeks, a few days ago, and that her name is Patana. I don't know, I kind of miss her. Because, believe it or not, she was this girl in IMU who was wearing the... She was, okay, 
she is for me i would say someone religious pious and she's straight away dressed like one like wearing the long hijab and proper hand socks and socks and all the time i think i've never or probably once saw her wearing pants she was literally in her baju kurung like all the time so you know that kind of person i have my respect because she really is enveloping i mean embracing a faith but despite being this right she managed to adapt and have friends from obviously non-muslim friends who are there and accepted me the most by being close you know the first few years too we were definitely close which was a surprise to be honest and it wasn't so much that she was trying to get me to the other side because i've been there before people try to get me not to the other side in a way that's bad but to get me closer to the dean which is good to be honest i that's how i know allah really loves me because there have been efforts given shown to me that people just out of nowhere feel love for me to go and it's literally now i know it was my choice not to accept it fully and just say like thank you for your time and i'm that's nice of you and just quickly dismiss it so i would say um fatana she didn't really you know force me or anything but she was befriending me to the point there were others saying like oh my god this is really the statement okay they were really like saying you shouldn't hang out with fatim because she might you know she's a bad influence I'm a bad influence to her. So yes. So I'm going to sambung just a minute take a break because guess what my son is crying from his nap. So tune in for the next part. Here's some music. And we're back. Cheers. This is why that lagu do. Okay, so yes. As I was saying that obviously I have been that person yang orang takut they're scared of their friends or girlfriends or wives being friends with me. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So basically um she has helped to for me to dig deeper in terms of understanding religion and I think she I hope I did not disappoint her because that time I totally did not you know mean to say show the full result she wanted or if she at all wanted that because i know in the end if you're you know very honest about your intention and you're pure and ikhlas you don't expect the result to be how you want it right and i'm sure she didn't it is that after that i kind of still strayed in a sense i didn't fully you know embrace that part of the deen but i I'm not to say I'm not a Muslim but I was still keeping my ways and uh, I still still she's still nice to me regardless and then I think because of the big you know the major exams are coming we're all started focusing on our you know getting through medical school and alhamdulillah all of us did and then I was working I was still myself and then I got alhamdulillah despite all that Allah allowed me to get married okay and um I married someone who I would say Allah answered to be the most um obviously sesuai what's sesuai <laughs> with me to be married with and that's also another jump of my faith uh, my 
love or understanding of the faith okay um, my husband is not people who listen to me this story sometimes i shared a bit in my talks at kursus kawin some of them thought i married an ustad or something uh he's not okay not in that way i mean ustaz means teacher can so he is a teacher to me but not the 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 famous title ustaz that is prominent that what you understand about ustaz lah so he we i think it was a journey for us to be closer to the deen based on how our lives were so because we were at the same point where we needed to change into better people So I think that's how Allah met us, uh, allow us to meet, and so that we can change for the better together. And being in a relationship, obviously, it is much preferred that the husband or the guy being the one to lead the way. So is that important? Because if it's the women who are prone to go for change, and you don't get the support from your husband, the leader, who. who says no let's still enjoy ourselves it's going to be hard for the woman to do it well okay so when you have or in my case he wanted to change as well and so did i in a way i wouldn't say i started the idea but based on some events in my life that took a turn for me to be closer i'm glad also that happened so that's how i view at trials nowadays sometimes i forget I view at trials as a reminder from God, not solely punishment. Actually, I don't believe in totally Allah punishing us right now when we do mistakes. It's just to remind us to stay grounded, and the mistake is a form of telling you, like, okay, I want to remind you so that you can repent and change for the better. And while you still have time, because we totally don't know when we're going to be returning back to Him. and he is that merciful and loving enough to remind us with these tests for us to continue stay grounded and always needing him because it's for our own good and when we become better from the trials because we always inshallah always do compared to happy things because we don't really none of us really remember god as well as when we're in trouble right so when we're tested with something it makes us turn more to god and went closer inshallah right so that's how muslims inshallah we view troubles and trials not as a punishment because we know that punishment is reserved on the day of judgment where there's no more sorrows and stuff so we given a life right now if we have it you know try to look and be grateful for the good things and also the bad so I would say the marriage with my husband has been trials of trying to be better because we asked for it and Allah is like okay you wanted to be better so here I am you're not going the right way so let me pull you back <laughs> I would say so of course it looks very light and fun looking at that way but when it comes of course he knows how devastating that can be to me so I would say now my change towards being like this what does it do as a person for me for growth is that now i try my best in fact maybe before pun if i do the lupa forget is i try not to judge people so much because everybody has their own battles you know and i don't judge just because someone who's not looking pious uh at that time 
we never know okay the whole 10 years challenge yeah we simply do not know or have any idea 10 years from now if he or she is given that life the opportunity to have to change he or she might be way better than i am okay if i'm gonna sit here and always scrutinize and criticize people thinking i'm better right it's better that i concentrate on my own faults and flaws so i think life is not about being in a competition with other people with god is it's always been our own competition with ourselves and our past self and our demons all right so that's what i think uh right now how i view people that's why i make friends with whoever i want and to be honest the only reason that they don't accept me so far i know i think it's just probably they don't like my style No, I'm not a cup of tea for everybody. Obviously, I'm more of a coffee, a Java chip frappuccino. So if you don't like that, so probably you can't like me. <laughs> so yes, that's roughly. I don't know if the message is is exactly the topic I'm telling, but as I said, my podcast now is going to be my online diary, and I think I can tell people how I am right now. Probably they, you know, kind of leave me alone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yes, it's been fun to talk like this, right? It's therapeutic for me. If I'm going to open up on more sensitive and personal things, I don't know, we might say as long as I tak mengaitkan. But it's kind of nice because I always thought of myself in future macam I wanted to write a book about myself. But then, you know, I go back to the idea like, but what if it's like, you know, membuka aibs, a lot of people involved or something, kan? But yeah, maybe that's a book yang only Allah knows and for me, akhirat nanti definitely kan insyaAllah so I guess that's all for today I hear you dengan wabilai taufiq wa hidayah wassalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh